there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is scheduled for 10 questions. Fighting out of New York. Standing at 5 feet 11 inches tall. And wearing the red, white, and blue trunks. Presenting Kyle Brad. Thank you, Bruce Buffer. Guys, this one's going to be fun. I'm already giggling. As you know, this is 10 questions. We don't just have conversations. We have competitions. We don't have guests. Competitions. We have contestants. Sometimes the contestants want to be involved with the intro. They have so much to say, and I want to do this regally. Everybody leaves here with the score. You get 10 questions. Uh, if you get it right, you get a point. If you don't get it right, you get zero. And before we get to today's contestant, I want to give him a lay of the land, maybe some prior contestants who have sat in his seat, come in here to get a score, and how it went. Let's have just a little roll call. I'm Keegan-Michael Key, and I got a 6 out of 10. Hi, I'm Pat Oswald. And I got an eight out of ten. I'm Michael the Playmaker Irving, three-time Super Bowl champion, and I got a seven out of ten. All right, let's get him in here. Here's what you need to know about today's contestant looking to take on Michael Irvin and the like. He is a voracious reader, flies through books, eats a ton of salmon, big salmon guy, loves talking on the phone. Don't text him, call him. He's not about this texting. He wants to speak to you on the phone. And his new comedy special, Comedy Monster, which I have already seen two times, is available now on Netflix. I loved it. My wife loved it. It is my pleasure to introduce Jim Gaffigan to 10 Questions. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate you watching uh, the special. That's, uh, I, I appreciate that. Because sometimes, you know, people, you know, you don't necessarily have to. But if people are watching, they should watch it. Because yeah. all of this won't make sense. Oh, no, you should watch it. And we're going to get into it. I watched it twice because I don't know about you, but the first time um, I like to pass out on the couch a lot with my wife on Friday evenings because I'm so tired. I've slept through the first half because I had fallen asleep during the prior entertainment and I woke up and I go, oh, you got Gaffigan on. So I really watched it one and a half times, but I have seen it and I love it. What you're saying is my stand up can help (laughs) you get rest. That's right. (laughs) If you're having trouble falling asleep, put me on. No. Let the record show I fell asleep before Gaffigan came on, and no one will fall asleep during this show. Jim, here's the deal. I have 10 questions for you that I've done extensive research for. They're going to be weird, uh, but they're somehow connected to your life and your career. If at any point during the 10 questions, Jim, you're totally flummoxed and you need a youthful perspective, we have one lifeline, and our lifeline here is called Ask a Millennial. We have a real-life millennial who will come in in a different window and try to assist you. Does that sound good? That sounds great. That sounds really good. 
He is a monster, a comedy monster. Let's get into this with Jim Gaffigan. I love this guy. Question number one, 10 questions with the man. Jim, your first category for your first question, your category is basketball, okay? Basketball. Okay. Question number one. LeBron James currently plays for what NBA team? The Lakers. It's the Lakers? You sure? Not the Cavs, not the Heat, the Lakers? No, I only, I mean, now I feel like it's like you're like doing questions. It's like, look, have you seen this guy? We got to keep it very basic for him. It's like, ask him, you know, ask him what the Los Angeles basketball team, that's not the Clippers. Ask him what that, the team name is. Yeah, no, he plays for the Lakers. Is Gaffigan right? Does he play for the Lakers? He does. This is the warm up question, Jim. Trust me, it's going to get much harder. I was worried. You know, it's like, I'm so, I guess, you know, like for a second there, I was like, God, I could be, I could be wrong. (laughs) I could be wrong. I'm not that smart. And I I love sports, but I don't know much about basketball. So, anyway. Well, I didn't ask you about the Lakers because of LeBron. I asked you because, according to my research, La Lumiere School in LaPorte, Indiana, is also the Lakers. Their mascot is is the Lakers. It is. That's where you went, Jim. Take me back to, let's say, your senior year at high school, La Lumiere School in LaPorte, Indiana. You're walking the hallways. It's Indiana, so it's La Lumiere. It was, it was not, it was, there was nothing close to a French pronunciation. I'm trying to say it like it's up in the Alps somewhere. No, it's, yeah. it's in India. <laughs> La Lumere. What was Jim Gaffigan like walking the hallways senior year of high school at La Lumere? Well, um, what you have to understand, it is, it was a very, it's still a very small school. There were a hundred students, freshman through senior. I was, um, there were 25 in my graduating class, four girls, uh, 21 boys. Um, it was a very, I was, so no one, I'd never fit in my high school. No one fit those John Hughes prototypes. Mm-hmm. So everyone kind of played sports. Everyone studied really hard. Everyone. Um, I mean, this is also how I remember it, you know, cause it was so long ago, but, um, yeah, I was kind of, uh, I was voted uh, funniest, but I was also voted, believe it or not, best male body. Isn't that amazing? And I'm <laughs> That a was a category? <laughs> well, I wrestled in high school. Yeah. You know, I did wrestling and football. By the way, since uh, I'm talking to a sports nerd, I assume yeah. you're a sports nerd. Sure. My high school team, my junior year, mm-hmm had this incredible run. This is before ESPN or anything like that. But we were made up of, again, it's a school of 100 students, and we would beat, we went undefeated. We were uh, an amazing football team. It was now the football team. I think they only play other teams that are JV. But like there was uh, a six-year period where all these kids from – you know, kind of, uh, you know, but like, you know, like my brother and I were the defensive ends and offensive. And then there were the Grody's and there were the McGrath's. It was like all these brothers. And then my senior year, we were like, we barely had a, I don't think we had a winning season. (laughs) The dynasty was over. (laughs) Yes. The dynasty was very much over. Well, it's, I like what you say about the John Hughes movies, because I think if people just know your comedy now, they would never assume based on your content and your self-deprecation that you would have had the Emilio Estevez character, but you did. And I would highly suggest anybody watching this right now, 
just Google Jim Gaffigan football. And the picture that comes up is so <laughs> awesome. And there's, it's basically 90% neck roll and then 10% yes. face. Jim, tell me about you on the football field, not only just in college, you went to Georgetown and played college football. Yeah. But you, I mean, to be full disclosure, yes. I, um, you know, D- Georgetown division three at yeah. the time now it's division one, but, um, it's, I was not, it was kind of a habit. You know, my brother, Joe, was very good. Uh, he was the captain of the football team. I actually quit the Georgetown football team when my brother was the captain and I was the starting center. And he was like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I just can't do this anymore. Right. But, um, and then the Purdue picture, I walked on at Purdue. I did the early practices and then I quit. So like sometimes on the internet, yeah. they'll be like, you know, clickbait, like 25 actors that were amazing athletes which is misleading i wasn't but i was i was an athlete and then even in college at georgetown it was often people were like you're you you're on the football team but it was also you know stand up you you go on and you see this in acting too they the audience tells you what you come across as so Mm -hmm. like even though i was an athlete and i was you know the captain of the the football team and the wrestling team in high school, you know, I come across as kind of a, a dopey guy. So mm-hmm. I guess that's just what you're like, you know, you seem like athletic to me, but like, sure. I don't know in high school, maybe you were, maybe you weren't. We don't know. Oh, I was Estevez with the letter jacket and the, yeah. the marijuana. I mean, I was, that was to a T I had no yes. multiple characters, Jim. <laughs> that was definitely me, but yeah. Jim, you're the sharp guy here. You are the Anthony Michael Hall because you're one for one. Granted, it was a very easy question. Well, let's yes. go to question number two. Question number two for Jim Gaffigan. Your category is 90s sitcoms. 90s okay. sitcoms, okay? Here you go. Leah Thompson starred in a sitcom called Caroline in the What? In the City. Caroline in the City. He thought for just a second... Took a pause, yeah. like the thinker yeah. statue, and then said, Caroline yeah. in the city, is that right? Jim, you're two for two, bud. You are two yeah. for two. I am asking you about an obscure Leah Thompson sitcom because Caroline's in the city makes me think of Caroline's on Broadway, where a yeah. young Jim Gaffigan performed, maybe found himself. Jim, there's a clip online that I want to play for you, and it alleges to be your first television appearance ever. Um, I want to play the clip for you in the audience. You're going to get introduced. You're going to come up and you really go for it. You take a big risk, which I respect. Everybody, yeah. here's Jim Gaffigan way back in the day. Roll it. He is making his television debut. Please give him a warm welcome. This is Jim Gaffigan. All right. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right, start laughing. That's good. You lead them, Missy. Let's go. Oh, wait. What's it like to listen back to that? It's so crazy to think that. So when I started stand-up, I would, uh, you know, one of the primary features was me talking about my dad. Mm -hmm. And now I'm this guy who has five kids. Mm-hmm. And I've grown to appreciate his grumpiness and why he was so impatient. 
So it is strange also because I did that and I still had a day job. And um, and I remember there would be people that were like, were you on Caroline's Comedy Hour last night? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, anyway, you need to do this. You know, so it was strange to have a day job. And that was uh, that was a very exciting time period for me. When you go up there and you take this risk of just going up and not doing a conventional joke and just, all right, start laughing. Do you remember being nervous? Yeah, I was very nervous. I was the, um, that was uh, a big step for, I got it. And a friend of mine, Greg Giraldo, we were the two of that kind of generation. In comedy, there's kind of these generation, these years, if you will. And so we were the first ones of that year to get on Caroline's uh, Comedy Hour, which was really the only thing, one of the only things you could do in New York. There was evening at the Improv, but that was in L.A. So it was, yeah, it was a it was a big to do. But like to start that way, that was the character that I was going to do. And it was kind of the material I had. So I, you know. It could have gone horribly wrong. <laughs> it could have, but that's why I like it. You really went for it. Like no net on that joke. And the, I think the audience picked you up. I think it worked. Yeah. And I think I was the last comic on the show. And I followed someone who, like Mario Cantone, who was like a killer. Killed. And, um, you know, he was already established as this yeah. amazing comedian. So I was terrified. Well, I love it. And it's an awesome clip anybody can watch. And now Jim's doing Comedy Monster on Netflix. And he's a massive, massive comedy star, which I love. And we're going to question three, Jim, two for two. Sure. This is going to be wheelhouse for you. Basketball and 90s sitcoms, write a belt-high fastball for you to just crank out of the park. Question number three, your category is chain restaurants. Here we okay. go. All right. And it's multiple go. choice, Gaffigan. All right. Oh, good. Which of the following dishes has the most calories is it a chili's original baby back ribs the full rack b friday's loaded cheese fry burger or c olive garden's tour of italy oh wow so again it's the chili's baby back ribs the friday's loaded cheese fry burger and the olive garden tour of italy which has the most calories I, you know, I wish I could see what the tour of Italy looks like, like the sheer size of it. Um, I can't give you the size, Jim, but I'm glad you asked about the details because I can provide that. The tour of Italy, which is as authentic Italian as it gets, is chicken parm, lasagna, and fettuccine Alfredo uh, on one plate. It's a little tour. Gosh, you know, it's tough. And what's in the baby? Does the baby back ribs come with a side dish? No side dish. It is merely a full rack, not the half rack, fully sauced full rack. Never mind and the potato the other fries. one is a burger with fries. Oh, does it come with fries? The burger that has cheese on it? I have to tell you, Jim, the f- I, I'm going to have to go with my gut on this. It, I believe it's a burger with cheese fries on top of it and then the bun. Sounds so beautiful. it packs a punch. So it's beautiful. It's a beautiful. It's a, it's a it's an example of American innovation. Yes. Um, gosh, I'm gonna have to. It's gonna be one of those things where like the baby back ribs. The the there's so much sugar in the barbecue. <laughs> um, geez, I think I'm gonna go baby back ribs. He goes Chili's original baby back ribs. Is he right? 
Remember in the SATs when they say yeah. go with your first instinct? Coming in at 1,520 calories is the Olive Garden tour of Italy. This is this is why I never did well on on my SATs. But it it does bring me to a bit though, Jim. In terms of you, basically in that in that question, you ordered the ribs. When now you're kind of envying the tour of Italy, you talk sometimes and you hit out it on Comedy Monster. This concept we all relate to of order envy in a restaurant. Yeah. Tell us about yeah. that. Well, that's that's uh, pretty much uh, a universal thing, right? Yeah. It's very strange. We order something, and then right when you do that order, you'll the next person orders something, and you know it's strange how there's like if two people order the same thing, there's a level of disappointment if you're in a group. It's like, well, I if he's getting the steak, I can't get the steak, but it doesn't matter really. It's not like you're. It's not like you're going family style, but I don't know. It's weird. It's a very strange thing, the psychology of it all. I run into it with my wife a lot. We'll go out to dinner, and we're looking over the menu, and she'll say, what are you going to get? And I'm going to say, you know, I'm thinking I'm going to get the veal parmesan. She's like, oh, well, I was going to. I guess I'll get something. Right. I'm like, no, honey, just just get it. Just says we can both get yeah. it, and she won't do it. It is weird <laughs> how um, – and, and some of that is the relationship stuff, right, where there is – because you're – you're in this couple, you can share some of the food. And sometimes, yeah, there is a time where you you don't want to order for the other person, but you always yeah. talk about like, all right, here are the two things that I'm thinking about. And, and it's weird. Like, I don't eat a lot of fish. So my wife is like, every now and then I can tell we're not getting along. She's like, I'm getting a salmon. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> wow, that's really hurts. So we're going to we're going to have a conversation later on if you're ordering the salmon. That's her taking her glove and hitting you across the face yes, with it. That <laughs> is just salmon. She more or less is announcing, "I am single." You know what I mean? It's very rude. Um, what would you say is the number one food for Gaffigan, or just for America, that um, provokes order envy? The one that you're like, "Ah, damn it! I should have ordered that." Or when it's next to you, what, what's the king? I think it's the burger. I think people get into a restaurant and they're like, well, I, I can't get a burger, but then they see the burger and they're like, Oh shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's always that level of, you know, I'm in a restaurant. I want to appear like an adult or I'm in a steakhouse. I can't get the burger, but everyone wants the burger. Mm -hmm. I think that is the go-to. I know there's never, I don't think you ever order it and be like, I should have got the lettuce wraps. This burger, this right. no, I, huge. Never. I don't think it's ever happened. By the way, I ordered uh, room service. I don't want to brag, but I ordered, um, and because I've been eating so horribly lately, <laughs> I ordered the cauliflower thing, and it was good. And I was eating it. My body was like so excited that I was having <laughs> some vitamins. It felt like there was a little dog inside me wagging its tail. Wow. So, but it wasn't that bad. Okay. It's so weird because every now because we've been programmed, you know, I think particularly as men, we're like steak. I like steak. Steak's always yeah, good. Yeah. Steak. And every now and then you have something and you're like, oh, this isn't that bad. And then we forget. I know. Anyway, we're all going to die of cardiac arrest. 
Of course we are. And if yeah. you love this stuff, everybody listening to this is like, yeah, the burger, the burger, oh, the cauliflower. Jim has so much great food comedy, mm-hmm. obviously, and a ton of it on Comedy Monster on Netflix, which is so good. And we go into the multimedia portion of the program as we get to Uh-oh. question four. This is Name the Movie. What I have for you is a major motion picture, a clip. It's about 15, 20 seconds long. You're going to listen to it. And if you can tell me the name of the movie right now, Jim, you are, I, you're two for three. So you would become yeah. three for four. So here we go. Jim Gaffigan, please name this movie. Spoken! <laughs> it's party time! P-A-R-T. Why? Because I gotta! Okay, yeah. That is, well, that's, that's, uh, that's obviously Elizabeth Taylor. Um, <laughs> That is mask, right? Um, yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna accept that it, it is technically and if you look, it's the mask. Mask is this oh. movie with Cher and Eric Stoltz from back in the day, which is a heavy, a very so, strange movie. But I gave it to you. So that was in the in the mask with Cher with Cher. That wasn't Jim Carrey in the mask. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think it was Jim Carrey. I Nor think you're would, wrong. All right, I, I think it was Cameron Diaz actually. But Jim, yeah. I'm going to have to stand by my research, and I'm going to have to say the view you had of Cameron Diaz when that movie came out was yeah. highly inappropriate. You were it's just wild. You were wildly inappropriate. The feelings you had towards Cameron Diaz in The Mask. Yeah, and you were like, "Who is this perfect human being I've never seen before? Yeah. Where'd this girl come from?" Right, right. I call amazing. her a woman. I'm not sexist like you. <laughs> Um. <laughs> You're right. And I, I we should probably have to delete that from the final product here. I'm asking you about the mask because great content in Comedy Monster, Jim, about masks. What's yeah. your relationship right now with masks that we've been wearing for two years? Like, wh- wh- How are you guys doing? Well, you know, I... Um... I, you know, there's... Uh, I covered a bunch of it in the special, but I would say it's hard for me because I have a huge head. Because I have a big brain. No, I have this huge head. So, like, there's certain, like, the K95, yeah. the more, the, the the mask you're supposed to wear, don't really fit my head. Mm-hmm. So, or my ears hurt. So, I prefer the less safe ones purely <laughs> for comfort. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and we all know that there is um, a point where, the mask thing, it's, I mean, it's so fascinating to think of how we, it's changed our, you know, we, we really judge people instead of judging them on their, how attractive their face is. We've evolved and now we just judge people on how hot their body is, which mm-hmm. I think is progress. <laughs> Absolutely. We made it. We made it. Right? And Jim, we've evolved. Finally. Um, I, am, we are like headed in a sense. I also have a very large cranium. Like it's abnormally like 99th percentile large. And so tell me if you run into this, cause I have kids in the house too. And you know, we have my wife's mask and my kids masks. I'm going out the door. I'm late for something. And I, oh, I'm, yeah. running, I'm like, God damn it. I need a mask. And I run back. And the only one that's there is the little mermaid. And it's about the size yeah. of a football chin strap. And it just covers. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Have you been through that too? Oh yeah, absolutely. By the <laughs> way, my head did in middle school, they had to go to the high school to get me a football helmet. They were <laughs> like, <that> true? <laughs> yes. They're like, we gotta, we're going to have to go to a, 
a different age group to get this guy a helmet. It's like my head, and I've talked about this in specials. It is, it's like the, it's like, it's like the case that you would store another head in. It's that big. <laughs> You'd put an actual head in, like a sarcophagus is Gaffigan's head. I was working on uh, a TV show and I had to get fitted for uh, a hat. Not and so happen. they measured, they measured my head, seven and five eighths. I don't want to brag. And there was someone, there was a woman in there doing a fitting and they did whatever it is in inches. And she was like, oh my gosh, that's how big my waist is. And I was like, wow. <laughs> It's like you could not have my child at all. You would die. No way. You know? And I, I, I've had those same things on jobs in TV or whatever, where you're gonna have to wear a hat, and you tell the wardrobe person or whoever you're like, just FYI, I have a huge hat, and they're like, we know, we're fine. We've had a lot of, we got an extra, oh, yeah. and I'm like, no, you haven't. And I'm telling you, I'm gonna put this hat on, and it's gonna be like a yamaka. Like, I won't be able to get it on my head. Yes. And they Absolutely. always think that they do it, and then it never works, and you're humiliated. And then you get there, and you look like the problem. <laughs> right? You're like, well, he's got the weird hat. I told you a month ago. <laughs> yeah, but we didn't know that it was, you know, <laughs> beauty in the, you know, beast from beauty in the beast size head, you know? <laughs> uh, I, I love this. I, I could talk about head size all day, but we have to move on. Jim, three out of four. Question number five. Uh, your category is something that seems uh, biographical for you. Your category is college football. Jim, you are uh, have a lot of Indiana roots. Your question is, in what decade, what decade was Notre Dame football's last national championship? Ooh. Wow, I think it's... I'm going to say in the, maybe the 80s or the 90s. Wasn't it Lou Holtz? Um, I, you know, can I ask a millennial? Yeah, I mean, you, if you they, want to ask a millennial, yeah, if, if yeah. you feel like this is the spot. All right, bring yeah. him in here. This is young, uh, 20-something Richie Bozak. Richie, say hi to Jim Gaffigan. Richie. Well, he's, Richie, you're a sports nerd, so you must know this, right? Uh, I mean, we'll see. <laughs> All right, oh, this is the way shoot. this works. Right. Yeah, it was, it, Richie sometimes is awful. He did if really is, well last time. If this was Barstool, their millennial would know this answer. Okay. I mean, well, those their, are fighting their millennial Gaffigan. would be in jail, but they would know the answer. <laughs> Richie is a free man. You guys have 30 seconds to talk this through. Okay. Gaffigan and Bozek. In what decade was Notre Dame football's last national championship? Go ahead. All right, I think, like, when did, like, Lou Holtz was, like, in the 80s and the 90s. That's kind yeah. of the last one, right? Yeah, I'm pretty confident that Lou Holtz was 80s. I definitely, we're yeah. counting out 2000s, right? Because I don't remember yes, that at yes. all. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, like even before the Kelly guy, they were really bad for a while there. So okay. I'm going to go 80s. I'm going to go 80s. All right. Let's do it. I, I like that we brought in a guy born in 2001 to talk about the <laughs> 80s. But here we go. Uh, is it the 1980s for the point? It's the 80s. It is. You guys did it. Oh, my God. Here's what it's you have so to true. understand. It's yes. like being an Irish Catholic kid growing up in Indiana. I had your half your wardrobe was Notre Dame. Yep. Like everything was Notre Dame. And, you know, I remember going with Joe Lennon. His uh, family was big. He ended up going to Notre Dame. I didn't get in. And um, they would you would the tailgating. That was my first exposure to tailgating. 
And I just associated with lemon squares. And then I got to college and I realized, oh, everyone's wasted. (laughs) Well, they were and they still are. And Jim, just like the head size thing, we have a lot in common. I grew up in uh, northern Chicago. My father was a Notre Dame alumnus. So I grew up going to South Bend every single weekend. I also grew up Catholic. uh, Right down to I used to cross myself when I would score a touchdown because the Irish players did it. Um, Jim, what part of growing up Catholic do you think lends itself most to comedy? Well, I think you I think you can't be Catholic and not have a sense of humor about it. <laughs> like there is. I mean, most organized religions are kind of like if you're a, a thinking adult, you're like, wait a minute. Um, but like there's it's just like there's so much comedy tied into it. And even though we're younger from that generation of like people hitting people with like rulers and stuff like yeah. that. There's, I mean, it's just, there's so much darkness mm-hmm. that you have to laugh about it. And it's also, it's tied into like this. You're just, you, you just inherit it. It's very odd. Yeah. And then there's the guilt that kind of ties in. So I think that's a lot of the, the, incubation period of being catholic i think propels someone to be a comedian not as you know same with the jewish experience and i would imagine other faiths yeah it's immediately you start to you know you sit there through a catholic mass on sunday morning and you don't want to be there and you're uncomfortable pants and you want to just go home and play nintendo and like i just remember looking up even just like the crucifixion is, is is very morbid. And in my church, it was very lifelike and there was blood and there's a crown of thorns. And yeah. like as a six-year-old, that blew my mind. I mean, I couldn't believe yeah. what I was looking at for an hour. It's insane. And it's, well, it's almost weird how boring church is, particularly Catholic church, versus what it could be. Like mm-hmm. they're almost intentionally, and they used to do it in Latin. Like that's when they they used to do it in a language nobody spoke except for the guy talking. And I, you know, I guess people were just, it's just this. And for me now, it's this meditative experience. It's also a moment where my kids are not on a screen, but, and it also keeps my wife happy. So it's like, it's weird how it evolves, but like, I never thought that I would you know, be going to church when I was a teenager. I was like, once I'm out of here, this is done. <laughs> I, I will say, though, it is kind of cool in Catholic mass. In the middle of the mass, you get to get up and get a snack. I, I mean, you must have loved communion, right? It's it's well, it's like. It's it's just such a uh, a weird experience, but like everyone's childhood is so weird, mm-hmm. right? It's just this boring everyone has bad it seems like a meeting of bad breath you know it's just like you go there and my wife is one of those people that never leaves she's like oh let's see if i can talk to the weirdest person here she's one of those people so it's like my childhood never ended in a way i know well we are at the halfway point. I wish this could never end, but we Jim Gaffin is a busy man. He's on the road. He's ordering cauliflower, which maybe means he's losing his mind, but I'm glad he got a vitamin. He's four out of five. Question number six, Jim, as we uh, make the turn here. Question number six, category is country music. Country music. Here we go. Jim, country superstar Blake Shelton stars on what competition show? Uh, he's on The Voice. 
He's on the voice. That is absolutely right. Gaffigan is five out of six, blazing hot. Did you watch that program? I have never seen the voice. Mm-hmm. I've never seen The Bachelor. I've never seen uh Dancing with the Stars. I've never I haven't well, you know, I think as an actor, it's a little bit like um reality TV shows take acting jobs so you're sure. a little resistant i mean i understand it's a great guilty pleasure but i watched like mtv's you know real people or whatever that was called real world i was on that real show. World. you were on it yeah in oh chicago in 2001 were you the villain i was um the douche who's got the girlfriend at home but now is having the girl here and what is he gonna do it was rough oh it wow rough, yeah it was really bad you probably watched so it in you- 2001 I don't know. I don't know. I think I was, I think I only watched like the early one where there was the Cuban American guy that was gay. And that yeah, was like, San Francisco. it's unbelievable. Tuck. We have a gay person on the show. And then there was like Tuck. I remember that guy. And there yeah, was Puck. like Puck. And then yeah. there was a cute Asian girl that married the nerdy Jewish guy. And that's what I remember. <laughs> um, I'd love to talk about reality shows with you. The reason I asked you about the voice though, the connective tissue to you is Jim, for years, you have, um, I guess the word is a device in your set in which you take on the voice of an audience member. And it's so brilliant and so funny. And if nobody's seen it, how dare you? But Jim will be doing his set. And then all of a sudden, this person will say, oh, he has a lot of jokes about cake or he's going to get beat up by bikers or he has how many bacon jokes does he have? Jim, where does that come from? How did that start? That was something I did as a teenager. Uh, and, and it was an effective tool to disarm another person. Uh, if I was late, I would be like, I can't believe Jim's late. You know, I can't believe, uh, um, so it was, but it was something I mixed a little bit into my standup, but, um, initially, but like, I would say, um, I did this half hour, uh, comedy central half hour special a long time ago, and I was going to do it. And I was, because it would it would it was hit or miss, but now of course it's it's one of those things. It's it's an element of improv in my act that I that people enjoy, and it also gives an opportunity as a writer to adopt a different point of view. So that's always fun. So on a given set, you will do it at a certain spot or not? Is it spontaneous, or you kind of hit your marks where you want to do it? Well, if something works, I might do it again. Sure, but there is. You know, stand-up is so much of a conversation. And so, you know, I'm doing my show, but I'm also, um, you know, a spectator in the situation. So in other words, like if I'm talking about bikers or if I'm talking about marching bands, I, you know, there's voices in my head that are like, you're being unnecessarily cruel to marching bands. So that will give me, uh, you know, the desire to, to, to engage that point of view. You know what I mean? And sometimes it'll disarm people. So like people enjoy self-awareness. So like if you're doing jokes about bikers and we know that bikers are intimidating, people like the fact that, well, at least this guy knows that some biker is going to kick his ass. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, totally. Is there, when you do that voice, do you have that audience member in like, can you envision who that person is? Is, is it a man? Is it a woman? Do you, what, what is that audience member like? Can you describe them? Do you know? It varies. It, it yeah. varies. It's some of it is 
someone who's more conservative. Sometimes it's someone who's more liberal. Sometimes it's uh, someone who's not intelligent at all. I mean, but all these people, I think, exist in my head, right? And, you know, like, the, it's also, like, the inner critic that we all live with. Yeah, sure. You know, which which uh, loses power. Like, I have teenagers. It's like, you know, that inner critic when you're a teenager has a lot of influence. So uh-huh. I, I try and communicate to them. As you get older, it, it gets easier. It's one of the most fun parts of your act, and you've done it for years. It comes up in Comedy Monster, which everyone should watch on Netflix. It's available right now. My wife and I have already watched it, and now we're watching Gaffigan just set fire to this show. He's five for six. He just passed Bill Pullman, who was the president Independence Day. That's pretty oh good company. Oh, my um, I worked with his son. His son's amazing. Is that right? Yeah, Bill Pullman's son is a great actor, too. So. Oh, that's so cool. All yeah. right. Well, maybe we'll get him on this show, too. You're five out of six. Question number seven. For Jim Gaffigan. Now, this is interesting because you did burn the millennial lifeline already. And yet here's your question. Your question is young people slang. That's your category. Young people slang. All right. But this is easy, though, Jim, because it's really like two options here. Jim, if a young person says, hey, this song slaps, this song slaps, do they like the song or do they dislike the song? Oh, they like the song. If it slaps, they like it? Yes, I think so. Okay. Because I would think it would be like uh, slapping hands. Well, that's clapping hands, Jim. That's very different. I'm not that smart. (laughs) I call this slapping. Um, But I think that, yeah, no, I've I've heard that. You know, when I'm out on the, when I'm out mixing it up with the the teens. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's a positive thing. All right, Jim says if someone says the song slaps, that they like it. Is he right? He's right. He's six out of seven. Gaffigan, you're on fire. You know what? I slap on this show. (laughs) Gaffigan slaps on 10 questions. But you do talk about slapping in your set, though. There's a concept of every one of us has a time when our age will come up and just slap us in the face. And it's a great, great part of the set. Do you remember the time? Put it this way, Jim. Maybe it was when you ordered the cauliflower. When was the most recent time that your own age slapped you in the face? Gosh, I feel like it's um, last night I did a set and I was talking to some comedians. And, you know, the weird thing is, is with comedians, there is this, you know, it's a community. It's, It's really like. What's amazing about it is that hierarchy pretty much disappears. It's like we're all these weirdos that go on stage. Yeah. And so there are moments where you're like, it doesn't matter how good somebody is. It's like you're a comedian. You've been doing it a couple of years. And there was a moment where where someone was talking and they were like, it became very aware that like my first comedy special, this person wasn't born yet. <laughs> I was like, ah, blah. so like, yeah, there's moments like that. Cause you, no one, you know, I talk about it in a comedy monster. No one thinks of themselves as old. Never. You know what I mean? They just think that like, you know, their, their body doesn't work as well as it used to. You know what I mean? Except for yeah. mine. <laughs> Yours works beautifully, especially here. Jim, give me the all timer. Do you remember a time when your age slapped you the hardest it ever has. What's the hardest age slap you've ever taken? 
I mean, I think that one in, that I talk about in uh, Comedy Monster is pretty brutal because I was doing this fundraising event. Uh, the woman running it was, you know, had said, you know, oh, we went to the same college and she essentially, and then she was like, I need to know what year you graduated. And I said the year and she was like, that's the year I was born. That was where I literally didn't know what to say. And she didn't mean it. No mean right. way. And, um, but she shouldn't have said that's the year I was born. She should have been like, Oh, I know. So-and-so that was, it's weird also because like there's, there's people it's weird that like I'm the same age as like, you know, normal functioning adults, parents, like that's insane. <laughs> it is. You know what I mean? It it's is. not like, Oh, you know, a high school student. It's like people that are 30 have mm -hmm. parents that are my age. You know what I mean? Don't you also feel that way? You know, you said you have teenagers. I bet like 20 minutes ago, those teenagers were toddlers to you. Like now your kids yeah. who are like, they're in their teens and you're their dad. Like that means you're, you're, you're kind of old, I think. Yeah. It's, it's so weird. It's so weird. You know, like the whole concept of old, like when you're a kid, you're like 30 is old. Yeah. Like I remember being in my twenties, like that 30 year old is weird. Uh -huh. And now I look at like, I mean, Fauci's like 81, you know, like, I think Nancy Pelosi is like 90. I don't yeah. know. It's just like, I don't know if I want to go that deep into the number thing, but um, I guess we got some time. Yeah. You know, you know, when I was watching the special, when I was watching Comedy Monster and this bit came up, I started thinking of a time I'd been slapped recently by my age. You know what happens to me, Jim, is. When you're going and let's say you're buying um, a plane ticket online or something and you have to enter your date of birth and it's that pull down menu for the year yeah. and you got to scroll and scroll. And I'm like, oh, my yeah. God, like how long do I have to scroll to get to 79? And I'm 79. That right. the, the scroll always slaps me hard. Oh, yeah. Oh, by the way, there's a commercial. There's a great series of commercials where like people are turning into their parents and this guy is kind of a coach. And. So there's all these examples of like, you know, the boring dad conversation, like, you know, parking lot. Mm -hmm. And in one of them, they print out their ticket, like their, their airline ticket. And I'm like, I print out my airline ticket. Like I'm the only, <laughs> like I, you know, some of it is other people are buying my tickets. So I'm yeah. putting in codes and stuff like that. But so there's moments where I'm like, ah, I guess I am that guy. I know. So, at the airport. And then when people are running to their flights, you judge them should have gotten here earlier. So that'll yeah. show them those commercials are so good. Uh, keep you from being your parents. All right. Jim behind this plastic thing behind yeah. it. Is there a pile of dead bodies or is it just this is just they sent you a tarp and you don't want to show your house? You know what's behind it? It's terribly unsightly. It's it's a furnace. And it's like a like a hot water heater. So it, it really is kind of a Freddy Krueger-esque basement nightmare situation. It's tough. No one's ever asked about that before. You might be a murderer. Like, has, <laughs> you could be like Dexter. You could be a version of Dexter, right? Yeah, pseudo-Dexter, for sure. It's uh, I've, We've had, I think, 50 episodes. No one's ever asked about the background. And yet, I have to fire back, Jim. I think I see a room service delivery back there, and I think it has yeah. fucking cauliflower on it. So who's the serial yeah. killer? Well, you know, that was my latest victim, wanted cauliflower. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was weird. I couldn't wait. I killed them, and then I ate the cauliflower myself. Have to do it. Um, six out of seven, 
You passed yeah. uh, Zachary Levi, who just is Shazam in superhero movies, yeah. and Kurt Warner, the quarterback. You've passed both of them, and we get to the fan favorite category, everybody's favorite. It's called Finish the Lyric Gaffigan. I okay. have a popular piece of music for you. I'm going to play it. It's going to stop on a dime, and when it stops, you need to continue whatever the lyric is or the chorus, whatever it may be. You ready? Um, yeah, as much as I could be. You're going to love yeah. this. Jim okay. Gaffigan, finish this lyric. Well, they showed you statues, told you to pray. They built you temple and locked you away. Ah, oh, but they never told you the price that you pay for things that you might have done. Only the good die young. Hey, ring him up. He got it easily. Hit the song. Oh, that's great. Easy. Yeah. Tell me it's how you funny, feel about that's that. kind of that's that's a Billy Joel song about he's this Long Island boy who's kind of like hooking up with these Catholic girls, right? <laughs> that's what it's about. Yeah, he's like these exotic Catholic girls. I know. <laughs> Can you imagine thinking Catholic girls were exotic? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's how we got to Christy Brinkley and Elle McPherson and all that. Like, it, it always starts with the Catholic girls. Yeah, I mean, he talk about, a, you know, he puts a show on sale at Madison Square Garden. And it sells out in like 20 minutes. I know. That's insane. And every single time he does it. And it's funny, Jim, you're right on it. The reason I play a Billy Joel song is because he is Mr. Garden. You have played the garden. Um, so many gigs, so many towns, so many cities. Was that special for you your first time at the Garden, or is it just another gig? No, it's huge. It's, I mean, by the way, it's, you know, doing stand-up is so uh, incredibly rewarding for the performer. So, you know, I'm going on tour, and I'm always touring, and people are like, you know, we got those five kids, you got to make money. I'm like, I love doing stand-up. I, yeah. I love, you know... I mean, Madison Square Garden is really special. You know, being like a Chicago uh, area, Chicago land kid, the Chicago theater is very special. Sure. Um, you know, there's, you know, but like then there's just different flavors in every city. So like Seattle's amazing. And then like some of these working class Rust Belt cities like Pittsburgh or Rochester, New York, they're just like fun. There's just like, because there's a piece of me that kind of fits in these areas. Does that make sense? Yes. Does it? Do you find that certain cities just laugh more than others? They're harder laugher than others. Does that work that way? You know, it's it's changing. You know, like when I started stand up, there used to be places that it was a different response and there still are places but like a casino used to be a different experience mm -hmm. but i feel like that's shifting but to answer your question it's you know some of it is you know how you connect with these people so being from the midwest i think uh the 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 shorthand i have with a midwestern audience is there but i also would say that I have a strange connection with, you know, people in Boston and, uh, and maybe it's just, I don't know. It's, you know, some of it is I've lived on the East coast for 30 years, you know? Um, but I don't know, I guess it's all the same. 
you know, in a way it's different. And I do a lot of international shows, sure. which is super fun, but there you're, you know, you're a weirdo cause you're an American, <laughs> which is weird. You know, whereas in America, I'm a weirdo cause I'm this pale dopey white guy. Do the international shows enjoy laughing about your self-deprecating American stuff? You know, I'm heavy and pale. Like how does that go over internationally? Well, I would say that yes, in some ways, but there are different, um, you know, a British audience is different from an Irish audience, which is different from what you might encounter in a Nordic audience, you know, like sure. those Scandinavian countries and like Finland. Um, whereas, um, yeah, but the self-deprecating, it's a different thing because obviously in the United States, being uh, a straight white male is, uh, you know, and being self-deprecating is a different, it's, it's a different thing to process than saying it when you're performing in London or Ireland after, you know, America has done something on a global stage that sure. people don't like. Yeah. It's weird. Ugh. Well, that's why you got to be versatile, and that's why you played all over the world. And in this particular venue you're in right now, you're seven out of eight. You just passed Keegan-Michael Key. This is one of the best runs we've ever had. And we only have two questions left with Jim Gaffigan. Question number nine, Jim, your category is the 80s. The 80s. The question, what wildly popular yet crude trading cards inspired a Saturday morning cartoon in 1987? Um, I'm going to say the Garbage Pale Kids. Garbage Pale Kids. Um, is Jim Gaffigan eight out of nine? He is. It's the Garbage Pale Kids. You're breaking the show, Jim. I don't, I don't even know. I just have a visual of what it is. Yeah. By the way, when I was a kid, there was something similar to that. That was maybe it was garbage bell kids where they would all these products they would do kind of a uh kind of a a, a strange kind of twist on it on it being gross mm -hmm. and so maybe it, that's what it was it know. might have been it, yeah. whatever synapse fired in your head to get that question you got it and here's why I'm asking you about it they made a cartoon out of Garbage Pail Kids in 1987 and it was cancelled before it ever aired never aired in the United wow. States because they said this isn't going to be good so going off the word cancel it's not fun yeah. Jim but there's the whole cancel deal which obviously comedians run into all the time I've heard you talk about this before and you say well they say if you put yourself out there then you expose yourself to it how do you feel operating in this world right now where a lot of people are just waiting for you to say something they can attack? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I think that people associate that cancel thing with the left attacking people that are just doing their thing. But it really, to your point, it really is, um, it's, it it is a part of the culture, but then again, I also like the cancel thing is like I don't know. Like if there's one person that has said a lot of stuff and done a lot of crazy stuff and been associated with the wrong people, it seems like Kanye's done some crazy stuff, but doesn't seem like it's stopping him. So, mm -hmm. but that being, if we go from the idea of like living in um, fear of it 
it's weird because like there is part of me that I believe in history, meaning we've always been evolving. And what's great about stand up is if you go on stage and you say something and uh, one person's offended, you don't necessarily do it. But if there is a subset that's like, you know what, that is highly offensive to us. Even if you didn't intend to offend them, you have to adjust. So like every time someone starts stand-up, they go on stage and they're like, I didn't know that. I, I, I didn't mean it like that. And they're like, then adjust. So it's weird. It's one of those things where there's that aspect of like, we have to evolve and, you know, there's nothing wrong with um, being, you know, kind of mindful. You don't want to hurt someone's feelings. That's not the point of it. But there is also, I mean, I, you know, there's strange things where I did a joke at the Grammys at 2020 where I, um, and it was completely misinterpreted where someone thought I said something about a rock band and it went like crazy on Twitter for a moment. So there is some of that where. What was You're the joke? Like, or do you not want to do you not want to say it again? Or what was the I, joke? I don't want to feed it, but it was like okay. it was back when it was like the beginning of Corona. And I uh-huh. someone handed me a water bottle and I go, I don't want this. This is filled with Corona mm-hmm. and uh, this is filled with the coronavirus. And, it, you know, it's not funny now. And back then it wasn't funny either. But I okay. was like on the red carpet. Yeah. And then someone online said that I said it about someone else and I was like but I didn't and so it's weird like there's you know like not only do I remember but like and it was so it is weird it's like the outrage machine that's real like I think cancel is a whole other thing but like is there outrage out there absolutely there's there's people that are you know, it's I, I wonder if it's something to do with the pandemic. Like we just, you know, as humans, we're going through this mental health crisis. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, that's the pick me up. <laughs> Big time. And it's, it's just rosy as hell. Have you noticed have you noticed an uptick in either hecklers or just uh, a-holes on Twitter in the last two years? Um. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. You know, the weird thing is, is I thought when I went back on tour, I thought because when I started stand up in the 90s, it was much more similar to combat. And that was because people didn't they would see maybe five minutes of stand up on Carson. Yeah. And so but now people are very educated of what stand up is. But I thought for sure that it would be, you know, like we've seen it on airplanes. There's just a level of chaos. Yeah. But I haven't witnessed that in uh, in my touring. And, um, but yeah, you know, it's like, I, you know, the social media thing is strange because I think I've also become numb to like some of the trolls or people yeah. try and intimidate. Like a big thing is people will be like, I used to be a fan of yours and now I'm not. But yet I've been touring over the past six months and there's no difference in my ticket sales. So I think some of those people are sincere, but a lot of them are just lying. 
I think they're completely lying. And I think now more yeah. than ever, we need jokes about Hawaii and baloney and all the stuff that you do. Please, everybody, oh, again, see Comedy Monster because Jim has one question left. Jim, you have passed Michael Irvin, the Super Bowl champ for the Cowboys. Oh, wow. You have a shot here to end with a 9 out of 10, which is extremely rare air in the history of this wow. show. And the last question is always what we call an essay. Question number 10, an essay. I have found a take or an opinion of yours that I'm not sure of, and I'm going to present it back to you, and then the floor is yours to convince me of that opinion. If I feel convinced, I give you the point. If I'm not so sure, you don't get it. You get an 8 out of 10. Here you go. You touched on this earlier, Gaffigan. Millions of Americans enjoy it. Billions of people on Earth enjoy it. But you are not a fan of eating fish, are you right? And convince me why. Well, here's why. I mean, um, one of the many reasons is that fish is one of the only things that smells bad before you even eat it. It's uh, it's bad. It looks weird. Um, even when you go fishing as an activity, mm-hmm. you don't feel comfortable holding it. Whereas like a cow, you can pet a cow. I'm not saying that it's okay that we kill them, but uh, I love beef. I would also say that fish are just—they're just weird. They don't—they um, don't have a very good memory. It's a very odd thing. There's just different colors. It's like if you go to uh, a coral reef, there's just—it's just like it's weird. It's just like God was on some psychedelic when he was doing coral reefs. It's very strange. And I just think that, you know, there is some value in the health of fish, but everyone has that friend that only eats fish and then they get, uh, you know, mercury poisoning. So it's just fish is gross. I wish I liked it. It just smells like butt. That's bad. He was right on the line, and then he said it smells like butt. And not to mention, Jim, if your wife is angry with you, she'll order it at a restaurant. You get the points. You get 9 out of 10. You have finished the 10 questions. 9 out of 10. Jim, how do you feel? I feel very excited. Now, how many people have done 9 out of 10? Okay, so I'm glad you asked. We've done probably 50 episodes. We have two perfect 10s. And okay. we have, I think, three nines, and that's it. Okay. Everybody else is. You're like you're you're on the Rushmore, really. You are. Oh, you're in wow. a great job, Jim. Thank you so much. Now, uh, here's where I want the other people. The other people are Elon Musk, uh, <laughs> Jeff Bezos. <laughs> no, I can like, tell you, the ten out of tens were uh, Oscar winner J.K. Simmons. Okay. Um, Gail King of CBS News got a ten, and then the other nines that are like quarterbacks, um, Eli Manning. Uh, Josh Allen of the Bills, like just the the brain trust good of these major makers. Yeah, good, good and, and Gaffigan. Makers. Gaffigan. There you go. I'm the next person who comes on is going to get a nine, and they're going to be like, "Who got the nines?" I'm like, "Well, the quarterbacks." And then Gaffigan got a nine. Yes, <laughs> like, these <laughs> incredible, you know, people that have split decision ability that is yes. inhuman, and the the guy who eats food and talks about it. That's right. That's it. Um, Jim, this was so awesome. Everybody listening and watching is going to watch Comedy Monster. It is available now on Netflix. I've seen many, many Gaffigan specials. This is my favorite one. Please watch it tonight. Watch it this weekend. Jim, so generous, so cool. And and really, we learned. It's You know what's funny? The only question you got wrong was about the chain restaurant's calorie count. Of all things. Right? Yeah, (laughs) there you go. Uh, You're the best, Jim. Yeah, thank you so much. We'll see you next time. 10 questions. You guys are the best. Real fun show.
This episode of 10 Questions was produced by Arjuna Ramgopal, Richie Bozek, and Isaiah Blakely. 